Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. excited to preach a message entitled, The Power of Praise. The Power of Praise. And you, you want to know the interesting thing? You might be like, I haven't seen some of these like subwoofer amps on stage in a long time since we got the new sound system. What's up? Well, we had uh, some issue that we couldn't figure out with the sound system. Only the microphone is coming through those actual speakers. Uh, and then whatever video we would play. And we couldn't, we just couldn't figure it out. And I, we were trying to troubleshoot, uh, try to make phone calls, uh, Google. How many of you have ever Googled how to fix something, right? How many of you have successfully found the solution and it worked? Put your hand really high so I can see. So it's a useful tool. Now put your hands up. How many of you tried tirelessly but never found the right solution? Is there any, right? So there, it's, it's just good and it's bad. Well, this morning we couldn't find a solution on YouTube or Googling it. So we just went old school with some amps on the stage and tried our best to EQ a good sound mix with good levels to figure it out. Uh, so if you say, hey, it sounded different. The drums were not coming through in the, with the mics and stuff. Uh, but you know what? Did it stop our praise this morning? Did it, did it hinder our time with God? No. And, and I just want to say at the onset, as a band, like we're used to our workflow, right? The worship team arrives 8 a.m., the sound techs, the people at the back, they're here at 8 a.m., and, and we practice, we rehearse, uh, we do a run-through even. Like we take it seriously so we can eliminate distractions. Today, it, you know, we we're trying to fix, and, and time was moving along because time never waits for anyone, and we had to make a decision. We said either we just kind of like sit, stand at the front with an acoustic guitar or we can try to still use a few because we had musicians that showed up. And so uh, we found a way to praise the Lord. And that's an important thing. I thank God because that's a practical illustration that I wasn't intending to have this morning. But we have it. And it didn't hinder our worship. Um, did you know... Talking about breathing, and like yesterday, I, when I walked out of the house, I tried to stay in all day because I knew that it was really humid. But when I walked out of the house, it felt like I walked into someone's breath exhaling out of their mouth. I don't know if anyone can relate. It's, it's a vivid picture, I know, but that's how I felt. I'm like, this is awful. This is awful. And I'm glad I only spent about two minutes outside. But did you know you take approximately 23,000 breaths every day? But when was the last time you thanked God for one of them? Think about that. 23,000 a day. But when was the last time you said, thank you, God, for that breath right there? The process of inhaling oxygen and exhaling carbon dioxide is a complicated respiratory task that requires physiological precision. We tend to thank God for the things that take our breath away, and that's fine, but maybe we should thank him for every breath we do take too. Amen? So breath, breath, it's important. If you have your Bible, would you stand up with me and turn to Psalm 150? If you're with me, use that breath and say amen. Amen. So verse 1 of Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. 
Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with the lyre and harp. Praise Him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash. This is my favorite one. The clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I pray that we would be reminded this morning that praise is up to us, not up to our circumstance or situation. Praise is dependent upon our decision to do so. And Father, I pray that you would put a song inside of our heart each and every day. And God, I thank you for the very breath in my lungs and the breath that we all have to be alive, to be together today. Have your way in this place, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I want to share with you in the time that we have out of Psalm 150, verse 1, what should I do? What should I do? And it starts off with this command, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's a command in Scripture. And if, if you don't know what to do with your life, if you get saved and you don't know what to do, well, here's a good command to start with. Praise the Lord. If you don't know how, read Psalm 150 slowly. Read it again. Read it again and again. And then practice what it's asking of us to do. So what should I do? Praise the Lord. Psalm 92 verse 1 in the King James Version says this. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. You see, let me just take a second. And, and when I was growing up, we used to talk about praise and worship, about being the fast music. Like these are the praise songs, I'm trading my sorrows, right? And we used to be like, this is praise music. And then on the other side of that, we had the worship, which was usually slow and moderate tempo, almost like a love song or a ballad, if you will. And we would say this is worship stuff because it's slow music, but this is praise because it's fast. And there are some churches today that that's their definition of it. But I, I, when I read scripture, it's very different. Worship is more intimate and is between you and God. It's usually this personal thing. I can worship God while I cut the grass. I can worship while I work. I can worship um, as I just sit there. And you would never know it. Because it's something that is my heart connecting to his heart. So worship is not necessarily an outward. I can't look at you and say, oh, that's a 50 in worship. Um, oh, 96. You know, if they just jumped a little higher. or Like, the, we can't gauge worship. You follow me on that one? It's something that is between me and God. It, there's an intimacy level there. But praise, on the other hand, when I read scripture, when, I, when you read through the Psalms, it's usually something visual or audible that is declaring something about who God is. I can praise my wife, right? I, I, I can say it with my words. I can praise her for how she cares for our kids, for how she uh, is a beautiful woman, how she loves God. I can praise her with words, or I can also praise her with actions. 
And, and this is the same way with God. You can praise him with clashing cymbals. I said it's my favorite one because drums was the first instrument and still the one instrument I always default to when I want to worship the Lord, when I want to praise. It's like, a, like the battle cry on the drums for me. It's also a good stress reliever, by the way, too. So at our youth worship jam sessions, we're going to learn songs, but I pray that they learn the heart of praise and worship and how to release the sound of heaven on earth. Can somebody say amen? So praise is usually identifiable in, in an atmosphere or in a room or an environment. It can be heard and it can also be observed sometimes. And it's usually joyful. It's usually exuberant. It's usually loud. So those are the differences I want you to know. So I'm not talking about the vertical kind. This is worship. And I, someone actually, this is for free. Someone actually described this is worship and this is praise. And the picture is true because we praise corporately together. And by the way, together, the sound is even louder. The, the message is even louder. The declaration is even louder. And it rings throughout the earth. But worship is one hand to the Father and praise is one hand out. Because it's declaring to everyone and anyone that God is a good God. That he is worthy of our praises. And we tell of his mighty deeds. So this is the difference, and I want you to know. So number one, what should I do? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Verse one also tells us, where should I praise the Lord? Or praise God, where should I? And it tells us, number one, in his sanctuary. The sanctuary is the earthly house that the Lord commanded. The place where the Holy One dwells. And where his people approach him through atoning sacrifice. Now there is an Old Testament picture in, in that definition of sanctuary. Because even the Holy of Holies, only the high priest could enter that. But in the New Testament, we know that the veil was ripped in two. When Jesus died on the cross. And it wasn't ripped from the bottom up. Very symbolic and intentional by God. It was ripped from the top down which is a message to us saying, God is saying, now you have access. And in the New Testament, the Bible tells us God doesn't dwell in temples made by human hands, but he dwells in us as sons and daughters. And so where do we praise God? In his sanctuary. You know what? It's a good thing to be in the house of the Lord together in his sanctuary singing praises to him. Can you say amen if you believe that? And so to praise him there in his sanctuary, you have to go there. You have to go to his sanctuary. You can find a, a closet and make that your, your place with God, and that's good. But you should have an identifiable place in your life where you can meet with God. Some of you, it might be in your car on your lunch hour because work is busy, the cafeteria is noisy. But in your, in your car, you can just turn on your, your worship music. And you could find that time with him. But it's good to praise him in the sanctuary, in the personal one, but even in this corporate one together. And it starts here. Notice the sanctuary is here on earth. But then the second place where, sh where praise should be offered to God is in the mighty heavens. In the mighty heavens. And basically the picture is this. On earth as it is in heaven. Praise on earth as it is in heaven. And did you know that if you would go home today and read Revelation chapter 4, 
it gives us a behind-the-curtain scene into eternity that there's this beautiful worship scene taking place in heaven where the elders around the throne are worshiping. And there's this incredible picture. If you have a hard time praising God on earth, I don't know what you're going to be doing forever in eternity. You might be upset because we'll be worshiping and praising the Lord around his throne. Charles Spurgeon said this, Praise is the rehearsal of our eternal song. Praise is the rehearsal of our eternal song. By grace we learn to sing. And in glory we continue to sing. What will some of you do when you get to heaven if you go on grumbling all the way? Do not hope to get to heaven in that style. But now begin to bless the name of the Lord. Now begin to bless the name of the Lord. Again, this is rehearsal for what we will be doing in heaven. And then verse 2 tells us, why should I praise God? Why should I praise God? And it tells us, gives us two reasons. For his mighty works and his unequaled greatness. His mighty works and his unequaled greatness. You don't have to look back too far in scripture to find some great examples. I want to remind you in Joshua, they were marching around the walls of Jericho. Did they have to use a sledgehammer to break down that wall? No, not at all. But God showed his might and his power and his unequaled greatness when he gave them instruction and said, this is the plan. You're going to march. You're going to march. You're going to march. That's it. Just march. On the seventh day, you're going to march seven times, and then you're going to praise God with the trumpets. And when the sound, when the trumpets resound, what happened? We know the story likely. The walls came down, and victory was theirs. You don't have to look far. You say, did that really happen, though? Yeah, because God is unequaled. His greatness and his works are unmatched, unparalleled. You want another example? In 2 Chronicles 20, 21 and 22, we have these on the screen, so I'm going to read them. King Jehoshaphat, after consulting the people, King Jehoshaphat appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. Again, praise is audible. So they were praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And get this, verse 22. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. You know what the result was? Really, the battle was not theirs. It was the Lord's. The battle wasn't theirs. It was the Lord's. So, we, Pastor John, what do you say? When I begin to praise, there's an opportunity for God to start fighting my battles? You bet. You bet. Why should I praise? Because of his mighty works and for his unequaled greatness. You see, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And I heard a wonderful prayer from someone in our church on Wednesday in our, in our youth gathering. And I was trying to remember how she phrased it. And, and I caught just the tail end of it, but, but it was very profound. And so the prayer, it was just a few words that I could remember, but it went something like this. 
God, when we pray, you could dispatch your angels. You, you can send help. You could do, and it was that kind of uh, prayer. But she goes, but when we praise, you show up. And I thought, wow, it was quick. I could have just missed it and jumped over it. But I grasped it, and I was listening to that prayer. I said, it's true. When I praise, something irresistible happens with God where he has to show up. He has to break through. He has to come. And so you need reason to praise. <laughs> if you want more of God, you want to see him show up, you might be fighting some battles. You just begin to praise the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Your unfailing love knows no limits, knows no bounds. Why should I praise God for his mighty works and his unequaled greatness? Now, this is the fun part. In verses 3 to 5, it starts explaining or telling us how we should praise God. How we should praise God. So there are three categories of instruments that are listed. And so I just broke them down into those groups. So there are wind instruments. Anyone here play some wind instruments? Come on, don't be shy. I'm not going to ask you to. Nice, I see that hand. Yes. So we have the ram's horn, which is a shofar. You may have heard that or seen a guy blowing it. I've tried I found one in the pastor's office once, and I tried, and it sounded terrible, like spit was going into the, I was like, I'll just stop now. I hope the pastor doesn't walk in, and you know, so, um, but, but it's a, an important call. It's an important call. There are four different ones that we can't get into this morning, but that's one way, the ram's horn, or your translation might say the trumpet. My brother-in-law played the trumpet, my wife played the flute, and that's the other one that's mentioned in this one, the flute, or the pipe. I can't imitate it. I've tried using my wife's flute, because I love music, right? So I, I said, I want to just see how it, I, ca I can't blow into that thing. I said, thank you, Lord, for making me a drummer, because it's just hold the stick, hit the drum. Very simple. You don't need too much skill, except for the rhythm part. But the next one is percussion instruments, and that's what it gets to. It says, uh, the tambourine. With the clash of cymbals and loud clanging cymbals. How many of you have ever played the tambourine before? How many of you grew up going to a church where they would play the tambourine? Okay, as a drummer, it was my pet peeve, to be honest. Because I would hear the tambourine echo through, through the church. And, and I was looking at my hands going, where is this other sound coming from? And it threw me off. Um, so you... If you're, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but there are bad tambourine players who, it's still worship to God. It's still a, I call that the sacrifice of praise. Uh, but then there are people who, who got crazy rhythm. And, and those are the ones I'm like, yes, give me more tambourine. Um, and then there's the cymbals. You know why we have the drums in here? Right? There are probably a few reasons. But the main reason, and then we have all this sound baffling, because the cymbals are really loud. That's the loudest part of the drums. I don't know if, well, the snare, when I play, is usually loudest. But the cymbals are very loud, and they can overpower uh, what the, the singer is singing, what the other musicians are playing. So uh, drummers hate being in this, we call it the cage or the fishbowl, because we're just, like, looking at everyone through glass. But the reality is the cymbals cut through the noise. 
And, and when we smash the symbols or play them, I should say, um, there's something special, I believe, that is released. Uh, music is such an integral part to our praise because it's a way that we can express. It's a way that we can express our praise. Let it be known. Let it be heard. Let it be loud. And then the other section is the stringed instruments, the lyre or the guitar, the harp and the strings. And this morning we have uh, all of those instruments more or less on stage. I don't know whoever said drums were of the devil. I mean, maybe the, the actual drum, but the cymbals aren't. I don't know. I, I thank God for it. It's the way I worship and connect with him. And so we see this, those three categories with a whole bunch of instruments. And then you know what it also adds to the list? Dancing. Dancing. And this is probably, we're okay with the instruments and we're cool with that. Dancing, that's, that's a little inappropriate, Pastor John. Um, don't get mad at me. It's in the Bible. Psalm 150, it says to praise the Lord with the tambourine and dancing. And dancing. Now, if you grew up like me, this is, I didn't dance at my grade 6 graduation. Again, I grew up in Montreal. You might say, like, we graduated in grade 8. No, for me it was grade 6 and then grade 7 was high school. But I remember my friends saying, you're going to come dance. I remember a girl saying, are you going to come dance? And I was like, I'm the drummer. I provide the beats for the, for the people to dance. I don't dance. I said, I know how to move my feet on the drums. That will make you move your feet there. I, I was weird. <laughs> I just love the drums that much. But I just, I, I didn't feel comfortable dancing. So I never did it for the world or in church. Fast forward, when I was in Bible school, there was an incredible uh, wave or move of the Spirit. And you know what? One of the fondest four years of my life, when I look back, I have a lot of great memories of, of life. But those four years in Bible school, I will never forget. I cherish them, keep them close to my heart. This bracelet is not bling. This is the gift my mom and dad gave me when I graduated. So this, this is why I wear it. It was the last gift I could remember my mom giving me before she died. So to me, this is like... You'll cut my arm off before I'll give you the bracelet type of thing. Uh, maybe I'll pass it down to my sons one day. I'm not sure about that yet. But those four years taught me. I, I, I loved music, but those four years taught me how to praise. Taught me what it actually means to praise the Lord. And there was one, one experience I'll never forget. And if I've shared it, just bear with me. Uh, don't spoil it for others. There was a lady who, who was born with a neurological disease, and she could not wear high heels. She could not jump. She couldn't really play with her children. I believe she had three. And she, uh, that night, I was on the drums. I have this on video, and we were playing. I just, I gave it my all. I was praising the Lord. And at the end, there was a time of prayer. Um, but this lady came up, and she said, it didn't happen in the prayer she was telling our president off to the side. And so he brought her to the front. He said, you need to testify right now. And she said, I was born with this neurological disease. Uh, I, and I couldn't jump. I couldn't wear high heels. And she said, during the praise and worship, 
She said, I just felt the power come through my body. And I, th I think she had braces of some sort on her legs too. Because I remember them throwing something off the stage. But here's the crazy thing. The response to that, the response to her testimony was dancing. People jumping like they've never jumped before. I was on drums and I think I was trying to jump too. Because God was doing something before my very eyes. And, and you see, praise is such a powerful weapon that we have to understand. It's not just through the preaching or through the laying on of hands. But even in our time of praise where we can see God break through and do some miraculous things. Can you say amen? I want to tell you... You say, but you didn't tell us when you started to jump or anything like that. I'm free. I'm free to worship. I clap. I do whatever my body tells me to do. I remember this one time in chapel, though. I had no money, and I've shared this before, so I'll skip the details. Again, it's tied to, to praise and worship. Uh, I gave my last $20 at a church I was visiting at, and I had no money to pay my phone bill. The, that was Sunday. On Monday... Uh, my music director at the school said, hey, there's a, a local worship leader who's recording an album, and she needs a drummer for, for two songs, and she'll pay you $100. Would you be willing to do it? I said, I'm in. I tell you what, that day in chapel, I jumped as high as you could imagine because of the goodness of God. Why? Because I, I saw money leave my hands, and I said, God, this is foolish of me to give $20. I get, it's all I had left. I didn't want to call my parents for money. But God honored my faith and obedience to give the 20. And he gave me a five-fold blessing in return. I'm not, I'm not about prosperity preaching. But I, I know that when you sow, you also reap. Amen? And when I began to see God, like it was quick. That happened Sunday. Monday morning, this music director came to me. My response was praise. And it just, it was in, we were in chapel service and I was jumping. No one ever saw me jump before. I'm pretty reserved. I'm the drummer who supplies the music for people to jump. But, but something on the inside said, this is the appropriate response. So when we read scripture, sometimes the only appropriate response is going to be for you to jump. And you know what? I jump a lot at home <laughs> when I get excited in the presence of God. And I don't, I'm not saying I hide that emotion here, but, but when I feel it, I'll move. Don't worry about me. Worry about you and how God is asking you to praise him. Praise him for your breakthrough. I know how to get mine. You need to begin to praise him for your breakthrough. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so how? We have all these instruments. We have dancing. One more thing about that. King David. King David. After being away, he's coming back home. Mikal, his wife, is looking from afar and sees him coming home. And in her eyes, he's dancing like a fool. You're the king. You took off your outer garments. All he had on was the priestly robe. And she's saying, you look like a fool before all the people. And David says something incredible. He goes, I'll even be more undignified than this for my Lord. For my Lord, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. You know what the sad part is? I want to share with you some things. And for me, this is, I, I get intrigued and interested in stories of people and where they started out 
and where they are today or where they ended up as they died even. And I want to share with you some, some of the names. Brian McKnight. I don't know if any of you, I'm not asking you to hum his song in church or anything like that. But he started his childhood as a member of the choir. And I don't know if he's serving the Lord today. His music is great. His vocals, his ability to play piano and, and love ballads, amazing. But is he using that gift to bring glory to God? I don't know. Jamie Foxx, artist, he uh, did the role of Ray Charles. I think it was in about 2004. But he was a pianist and a choir leader at New Hope Baptist Church in Terrell, Texas. I, I haven't tracked with him lately um, because I'm afraid to. And I'm not here to bash people. I'm saying these are people who have gifts and they're not using them today, possibly for God's glory. John Legend started singing at age four in the church choir. The list is long. I'm just giving you a few. Whitney Houston, her mother was a gospel singer. She was a soloist in the choir. She even played in a movie, The Preacher's Wife. So these are people that know church. They know God. They've sung right here in their own local church setting. And we know her life in the end didn't turn out so well. She died, I think, in her bathtub. They said, Odeed. If God has given you an anointing and a gift, you have to use it for his glory. Don't use it for your own fame. Katy Perry. I don't know if everyone knows this. Maybe a few of you do. Her parents are Pentecostal pastors who have also served as church planters. What a crazy picture because now you look at her and some of the, I remember that first hit song. I'm not going to repeat what it was years ago. And I remember being in a checkout line at a store. There's a, a mom and a young girl in front of me about Abby, maybe a bit older than Abby, five years old, singing the lyrics to that ungodly song that she came out with that was wildly popular. And I thought, a five-year-old is singing these words. I didn't even know she grew up in the church. And she still says, oh, I pray. I still pray. No, you don't. Maybe you pray to someone else or something else. But there are people who have been given an anointing to sing, to play. And I didn't, those are singers. I didn't even get to actual musicians because a lot of them start out in gospel, start out in church. And this is close because I'm connected to a lot of drummers that are in the church. But I know that there are a lot who are not. They started here, but the opportunity came. The door opened and they took it. You know why? I want to tell you why. This is my observation, my opinion. And anytime I give you my opinion, I want you to know it's my opinion. But here's, I had to write it down. When people in the music industry hear the sound from these people that are anointed by God to sing and to play, when industry people hear it, they want it. You know why? Because it's a sound they haven't heard anywhere else. It's something so unique, so potent and powerful that they don't know where else they can find it. And when they hear this anointing, Mariah Carey's another name that comes to mind. Her octave range is ridiculous and literally out of this world. Or at least it was. But she hasn't used it for God's glory or for his purposes. 
And I believe that when the industry hears this sound, which I call the sound of heaven being released on the earth, the anointing in our praise and in our worship, they, they want it because it's unlike anything they've ever heard. There's an anointing given. But listen carefully. It's for creation to sing God's praise. Not man's praise. Man is never designed to get the praise. And here's what happens is that they put the praise on you. They say, you are so talented. We're going to give you money. We're going to make a name for you. We're gonna, we'll even give you a stage name. We'll give you a car, give you a house, whatever it is. As long as you keep giving us what you've got in terms of your gift. But I want you to know, and you have to be careful, you were never designed to carry the weight of praise that was only meant for God. And this is my opinion, my belief, my understanding, why so many of these highly successful people fall. Because they get used to receiving praise. But it was never created for them. It was, praise was God's idea to go back to him. Think of Lucifer. Why did he fall out of heaven? He desired the praise instead of offering it up to God. And I want you to know you can't compete with God. Verse 6 says, who should praise God? And here's how we tie it all up this morning. Who should praise God? Because you might say, well, good, that's for them. Instruments, dancing, noise, loud, joy, joyful sounds, that's for them, not for me. Verse 6 tells us this, everything that has breath. You want the answer? There it is. Take a deep breath. Inhale. There you go. You did it. Congratulations. You have breath. You qualify to be someone who offers praises to God. And actually, I took the time this week in my studies, in my research, to look up the Hebrew word for everything. And I made a startling discovery. It translates in English to this. Everything. There's no secret. There's no hidden meaning or message. When the Bible is t telling us, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, he's literally telling us, if you have breath, you ought to praise the Lord. It's by every person. And Psalm 150 ends in the same way in which it began with this command, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you ask yourself, what should I do? Praise the Lord. And here's the conclusion. We, we went through all of these important things as it's broken down in Psalm 150. But the question of when should I praise God? When? It's never addressed. When is never addressed. We said where, how, but when was never addressed. So let me help you. Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be my mouth. When? In the good times? When? And in the bad times. In the good and in the bad. In the quiet and in the busy. At all times. Praise God. And you see, I think the best kind of praise is when it doesn't make sense. The best kind of praise you could offer God are on the days when praise doesn't make sense. It startles the enemy. 
It confuses those around you maybe. But guess what? It invites the presence of God to break in. Acts 16, 25 and 26. We have it on the screen. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and here it is. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. You see, today your situation might put you at a disadvantage, but you still have a song to sing. You still have a song to sing. You're, you might be singing it in the midnight hour, but don't stop singing. It might be midnight. But don't stop singing. Don't let anything steal your praise. And in Luke 19, it even says, if you don't praise him, even the rocks will cry out. Hold on a second. But the rocks don't have breath. Hold on, hold on. The rocks don't have breath. There's no living organism inside of them. There's no heart beating. The rocks don't have breath. What that tells me is if what God created and designed to have breath and to praise him won't do it. He will make impossible objects still offer praise to him because he is the creator. And so I want to submit this phrase, no rock's going to take my place. Can you say the same for you? I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet, but no rock's going to take my place. I don't know what your situation or your midnight hour, you can call it whatever you want. I don't know what that looks like for you, but you still have a song to sing. Amen? You still have a song to, sim, to sing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I, I would wonder if Weston would begin to praise the Lord. If Weston would begin to praise. I'm not a cheerleader, but praise is our choice today, church. I'm wondering if someone wants to declare the goodness of God. Just lift up your voice. Begin to declare his goodness, his mighty works, his wondrous acts. Begin in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift up our voice. We don't need music. We don't need a sound system. Paul and Silas were in the dungeon. They were in the pit, in the worst place that a prisoner can be placed. And they still prayed and sang songs and here's the beautiful thing. As Paul and Silas were singing and praying, the chains of everyone in that prison were broken and fell off. So your praise is not just for you, but your praise has the ability to set people free who happen to be in the same environment as you. So there might be someone sitting next to you in church today who needs breakthrough, and your praise is going to begin to open up their breakthrough as well. So come on, Weston, let's lift our voice and let's begin to call on the name of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you today. Lord, you are the miracle-working God. Lord, you are the way-maker. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and we praise you. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. So we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Come on, Weston, that's it. Lift your voice today. Let praise arise from every age and every, every race, all generations, all nations today. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Oh, the sound of heaven being released on the earth. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we praise you. We praise you today. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we praise you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even when it doesn't make sense, God. Even when it doesn't make sense, you are worthy of the praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we lift up our eyes to the heavens, for that is where our help comes from today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. We worship you. We lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. May we remember, God, not just in your house, in your sanctuary, but even wherever we are in the earth. God, that all we have to do is open up our mouth and give you praise. For you inhabit the praises of your people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You might know this old hymn, but I want to sing it today as a church. And it goes simply like this. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock, for he's my rock. He's my fortress, he's my foe. He's my deliverer. My, in him will I trust. Will I trust? Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time we sing it together. I will praise the... Oh, with all that is within us today, we praise your name. Praise of Jesus. Oh, for he is my rock, my fortress, he's my foe, my deliverer, my deliverer, him will I trust, praise the name of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, for this simple message about praise. Lord, I thank you that it's a secret weapon that we can employ to defeat and to break free, God. I thank you that the battle is no longer ours, but it is yours. And God, as we choose to send worship in front of us, Lord, in front of the battle, in front of, Lord, whatever situation we might be facing or might be waiting for us tomorrow. 
Father, we simply will lift up our hands and declare that you are all that we want and you are all that we need. And Father, you are way more than enough. And so God, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for the sound of heaven that we can release on the earth when we begin to open up our mouth. Lord, when we get behind an instrument. Lord, when we begin to sing and play. Father, I pray as a church, that this would be one of our hallmarks. Lord, that we are a church, that it doesn't matter whether the sound system works or it doesn't. It doesn't matter when, whether we're going through mountaintop experiences or valleys, but you are God over it all, and we will simply give you the praise. And so, God, I pray that our church, Weston, would be known as a church that knows how to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, Father, even in our worship, I declare that people will be set free, that demons begin to tremble and flee, and that, Father, the sick are healed, even in our time of worship. And God, I pray for this kind of anointing. Lord, as you would release that kind of ministry anointing for praise and worship in this house, Father, my one prayer in particular is that we would never use it for our own platform or for our own glory, but the praise and the glory goes back to you always, always, always. So, Father, I pray that you would take great delight, great delight in our worship of you. Lord, as we declare to this world who you are, nothing will shut us up. Nothing will silence us. But, Lord, we, we declare it from the rooftops and the mountaintops. In any platform you do give us, we give you the glory and you the praise. And so, Father, I thank you today. Thank you for our country, Lord, as we celebrate Canada's birthday today. Not only we get a day, an extra day to relax and rest and be with family, but, Lord, I thank you for the freedom we still get to enjoy where we can make a ruckus for Jesus. Lord, where we can make some noise and release that sound on the earth. So, Father... I just thank you that we have this beautiful country. I pray that you would continue to bless our country, bless our leaders. Father, I pray for godly men and women in parliament to surround our leaders, Father, that your will is being accomplished on the earth, even in government. And so, Lord, I thank you today for everyone that's here. I pray, God, that we would leave with a fresh impartation of what it means to be a warrior in our praise and worship of you. And Father, I, I thank you for our church. I thank you that we can understand and now put it into action on a weekly, daily basis. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with us as we go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.